0: Welcome to Thrive with Trevor Huffman Podcast. Trevor will be sharing 20 years of his NBA, NCAA, and overseas basketball playing, training, and coaching experience to help basketball athletes, parents, and humans find their athletic edge and thrive. Thrive is a deep dive into the lives, routines, habits, and minds of the world's best mental performance coaches, leadership professors, pro basketball athletes, NBA and WNBA skill trainers, and thought-leading sports psychologists. Let Trevor help you find the edges of your comfort zone so you can thrive. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Thrive with Trevor Huffman. Be sure to check out these other basketball shows on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players' Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. If you're an NBA fan, explore our team focused NBA pods Cavaliers Central, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs. L.A. Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, hashtag Lakers, the Wizards Hoops Analyst, and at the buzzer. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Thrive and Huffman basketball podcast uh, virtual training. I don't know what we're going to talk about today because Wills, we are it's Friday. It's 12 o'clock here. It's and it's five o'clock somewhere as they say, but it's only 12 o'clock here. So we're, we're going to get to work and we're going tr- to we're going to we're going to get to work talking about some important topics today. Wills, how are you doing? First of all, let me just check in with you. Are you still there?
1: Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful day out here on this Friday, and we just kind of we have a little bit of a script, but we're just gonna hear and talk to you guys and have a nice conversation.
0: Will's told me today, everybody. He's uh, obviously you guys. Will's and I, uh, we do the virtual training it's, uh, this this Sunday at twelve fifteen Central Time, one fifteen Eastern Time. Uh, we're gonna do. Um, you can even come in for free. Like I, you know, Wills, I decided like, there's no excuse for parents out there. that are like, Oh, my kid's not good enough at basketball anymore. Like the, the coaches aren't good. And I'm like, you know what, Wills, I'm going to make it free for everybody. Okay. And this is, this was my idea that I had. And you can tell me how stupid I am and how dumb this is. I'm fine. I can huh. take, I can take some critical feedback on this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a YouTube live session. So you guys can come in, watch on YouTube, watch the live training, watch Will's and I. Uh, if if Will's is there, Will's might be fishing. I don't know what Will's is going to be doing. Uh, you know, he might be in a in a in a racquetball room grinding out some reps. So, what, but basically, the workout on YouTube is you follow along. You can just follow along, do the workout on YouTube, or you come in our you know like our monthly memberships, people that that pay behind that paywall that's when their interaction with uh with me and Wills happens we we kind of have that fun hardworking type community we talk to the kids we get to know them and I really want it to be kind of a safe space for learning but also like feedback and I think it's uh it's tough you know like Wills do you feel like you know when you have to meet a new coach or get into a a, like a weird zoom video like I understand it's kind of awkward it's always awkward what do you, what would you tell parents like that are, or their kids, parents and parents, kids that are like freaking out about joining some zoom workout?
1: Yeah, no, I would get the hesitancy at first as a parent, cause you're going into a random strangers thing on online. But personally, I've had great feedback. You and I have been doing this for a little bit now and we've just had great feedback. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is the community that we've built. We are hardworking, but we also have fun with it. We give them good drills to do. And we talk about life, too. And I don't care if you're the worst basketball player or you're LeBron James. There's always something to get better at. And with our knowledge of the game, we're able to help players out in any way possible. And And it's only once a week. And the cool thing is with this YouTube, I, I think it's a great idea. Where You do think you that's can, a good
0: idea. See, I didn't I, think you were going to give me any feedback. Yeah,
1: I thought you already forgot my yep, question. Yep, nope, nope, nope. So I think that's <laughs> actually a great idea because kids think that they don't have access to things. And and the good thing about YouTube is you can watch it as many times as you want. Or if you want to work on a certain section and you want to break it down, well, you can reverse it. You can slow play it. Yeah. So I think that's a, I think that's a really cool and amazing way to be able to expand our community and being able just to have those kids. I mean, everybody's got a phone on them or a
0: tablet or, or access. Set up your phone and watch, watch us train on YouTube for free. Um, You know, I'm 41. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Michael Jordan, but you know, at the same time I trained, I trained my whole life. I played basketball my whole life. And I truly believe that technical repetitions of footwork and dribbling, um, you know, kind of the 11 pillars we've kind of created in the in the HB method, virtual method is like, those things are so important for kids to learn. And I've had so much great feedback from parents. I'm like, I just want to get this out to the kids. So the YouTube thing is out there now. Um, I don't want to be like YouTube famous, famous though, Wills. Like, do you ever feel... Like if you get YouTube famous, you know, people will just start talking trash and trolling your, your Instagram and YouTube. Do you have or do you already have that happen? Because you are kind of famous.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I have that on TikTok a little bit where kids will reply and have negative comments, but I don't focus on those at all. I, I'm not here to please people at all. Let me rephrase that. I'm here to help kids get I'm not yeah. here. I'm here to help kids get better in any way yeah. possible. Right. And I get messages all the time saying, you, you made my day, you're helping me, you're being a positive light. And that's the thing that really matters to me. I don't want any admiration or I don't want any yeah. big prize that comes with it. It's just for us to help build a community where kids can get better and they look forward to actually working out. It's not, oh, mom signed me up or dad signed me up and I got to show up at 115 for an hour and it's going to be the worst thing in the world
0: yeah yeah i hear you i hope that um people enjoy it um matt bauer a coach in michigan he sent me a text the other day he said thanks for keeping the boys skills in shape and during quarantine the huskies are off to a seven and oh start ranked fourth in the state in division three go huff basketball he goes you are welcome (laughs) he goes you are welcome to use that statement in your advertisement so thank you matt bauer Um, You know, I got to work out with some of his kids uh, throughout the summer. And, you know, like, high school kids are tough. But I really think that the middle school demographic, like those kids that are, are still impressionable, actually, like still don't think they know everything. You know, like you you, in in high school, you start to think as a boy, I don't know if this is true. But, you know, and this kind of goes back to leadership, like, why do boys think they know everything when they get older? And so you know they, they're cool, they're ego, they got to be they gotta look a certain way. and you and you and I were talking before this is like, you know, how do you what what is leadership now for kids? like how do they get out of their shell? Either they're too shy to talk and they want to be too cool because they think if they're if they're mm-hmm. if they do come out of that shell, you know, I think this happens in, as an adult life too, like you know I'm forty one you know, even it happens in business, it happens in startups, it happens, you know, you have to communicate, you have to learn to talk. And I think that's like a big, big part of leadership is um, learning how to talk. And is, is that oh, something sure. you you know, what, what are you hearing from parents and in terms of leadership and getting them out of their shell? And what would you do when you were in high school? Because I mean, what do you do? You're like, you're like five, eight, and you played college basketball. I mean, it's an amazing yeah, uh-huh. it's an amazing feat, Wills. I mean, so but you also are the type of guy that I think has you just have really good leadership qualities. You're 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 not afraid to talk. You're not afraid to be mm-hmm. different. But how do you practice that? You know, like if you're not naturally outspoken or, or extroverted, what would you tell a parent that has a really quiet kid that has some talent?
1: Yeah, no, I I would say that it's a good question that um, at a young age, kids look up to their parents a lot those are kind of like their role models and they kind of shape themselves off of that and sometimes that if a parent is scared to say something or their parent styles a certain way then it kind of rubs off on the kids and when I was in high school I mean you know me I'll talk to a wall but (laughs) I (laughs) think I I believe that I I do believe that you you are a good talker Yes. But um, I would say just the biggest thing just to be a, to start to being a leader is you. it's going to be uncomfortable at first. But if it's uncomfortable, then that means that you're going to make change. And so I would just start off with the simple thing is maybe, maybe ask your friend to go to lunch. And you're scared. And you've been and you've never asked your friend to go to lunch. And no. you slowly do these certain small steps to where, it's going to get to a point where you're going to learn how to talk in every situation possible. And like in high school, I've been a captain on every team that I've been a part of. And I just think you like people say, Oh, you're you one year leader. You're just screaming at the kids. Go, 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 go. You got to do this. You got to do that. But things that I've learned is I got to be able to say things and lead my team and different ways each each person is different and so I got to communicate and talk to this person differently and then you also got to be able to step back and listen so I just think you being able to do small little things that make you uncomfortable with communicating and maybe telling a person you know what maybe you do it this way or how about you might consider doing this then those small little gains and those small little wins will add up yeah. To a point where you're not, you, I mean, you won't, you're not nervous to say anything and you're out on the court in front of 5,000 people saying, I got ball. I got ball. You got to do this. You got to do that.
0: Hey, basketball parents, coaches, and athletes. One of my favorite adapted quotes is we do not rise to the level of our basketball goals, but rather we fall to the level of our basketball training system." Why do I say that? Well, I want to help all your basketball athletes, kids, or players figure out how to chase their basketball dreams in a smart, systematic way. So I'm offering my live online basketball training community today and get a free week of virtual home basketball workouts streamed into your garage, your living room, your basement, your driveway, and you get to work out with the pros. All right, we do this every week and for the first time your kids will have direct access. to me, sports performance trainers, other pro coaches for as little as $25 a month. If you're interested, please visit trevorhuffman.com or text me, quote, Huffman Club with your full name at 810-771-8622. Again, that's 810-771-8622. Well, I think also um, being proficient is a way to become a leader, okay? Like yeah. if, if you study math and that's all you love to talk about and read about and learn about and and you and I have a math conversation, you know what's going to happen is I'm not going to say much because I don't like, yeah. math. you know what I mean? I'm not a math, I don't love math. I don't have a talent for math. Like if you were to say like, oh man, how talented are you at math? I'd be like, not so talented. I got a seven on math. <laughs> I got a seven on my ACT, Will. You know, yeah. like that. Uh, but I forgot my calculator. Side note, that's a whole other story. I got a twenty-one on my ACT overall, but I got a seven on math because I forgot my calculator. Uh, I, I, I was the same way. Wait, you got a? You did not get a seven though. You? Wait, I got you, an eight. No, <laughs> no. Got so, A. No, no. So, so
1: I, I, I showed up to the ACT just as you, uh, and it was at like seven in the morning, and we had a game the night before. And I was just exhausted. and I didn't want to do it. And I show up, and I thought I could use my phone as a calculator. And they, and they said, nope, you can, you, you got it. They took our phones.
0: Oh yeah. So that's... here's me
1: trying trying to do long division on the side. And yeah, no, I, I, that's why I got like a eight,
0: like a 19 or a 20 on the on the ACT. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I would have loved to say that. Back when I was in high school, we didn't have cell phones. I, I didn't have that excuse. I literally just didn't bring a calculator like the Texas <laughs> instrument calculator that are like way too big. They were like the yeah. size of a computer back then. So I just forgot that. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about, okay, math. So again, yeah. if you're proficient, I think, and this comes down to, I was reading a, a book today um, or a note about um Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book *Grit*, and *Grit*, you know, yep. is basically kind of the study of how people succeed and 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 why do like seemingly untalented people uh, have success, or how do you know some people, some really talented people have Uber success, and then other talented people don't, you know, like like Kobe Bryant, like why did Kobe Bryant have the career he had? There's a lot of athletes that are low. You know, I can, I can think of a lot of athletes that have, that are six, seven, that can dunk. I mean, even through college basketball. And, you know, the thing about Kobe was that he just had a hunger to, to learn as much as he could. He was a voracious mind. He would call Michael he Jordan. Sponge. He was a sponge. He was a sponge. He would constantly, constantly try to learn from his dad who played overseas. And, you know, he took, he became proficient not only as an athlete and a, and a, you know, as a player, but also the IQ understanding, you know, body angles and uh, attacking defenses and rotations and ball screens and double teams, you know what I mean? And so he, he's probably, uh, I mean, I don't know him, but he, you know, he's also the type of guy that would wake up at 4.00 AM to, to practice fundamentals, you know, just to, to work on his pivot moves, to work on his footwork, to work on his up and unders. And so I think that, as you become more proficient at something, as you study it more, uh, as kids put themselves into the game as a thinker, as a, an, an innovator, um, as, as somebody that wants to understand not only like the micro, the dribbling, the footwork, the pre-move, the out, you know, like what are you doing to create space, but also the macro, looking at, okay, what is this, this team's style of defense? How do I attack this style? What, is, what are they doing on the ball screen? Uh, where are they rotating from on the weak side? So now you're really starting to understand like, okay, if you can understand what's happening on the court, both micro and macro uh, at a high level or even a middle school level, if you're a type of kid that knows what help side is and you know how, what a stunt and recover is, you know what a closeout is, then when you get into a practice scenario or, or, or on the court, in those leadership positions, then you're going to feel more comfortable to say like, hey, no, you're supposed to do this, guys. Like, hey, go, you know, recover, rotate, you know. Exactly. And and then I think like stop the ball, you know, like you said, stop the ball. Like most kids don't understand that stopping the ball uh, is one, understanding and awareness of what's happening, but two, being able to say like, yeah, I need – I know what needs to happen and now nobody's doing it. So who's going to speak up? Well, it should be the person that knows, you know, and, uh, and that's, you know, the coach would love to have players that are extensions of his knowledge and expertise. But guess what? Most kids are like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm just going to play. Exactly. And so I went on a real, real tangent there, didn't I?
1: Hey, you're passionate about
0: it. And I love that. But um, go, um, go ahead. No, and, and, and to finish, you know, Angela Duckworth had um, in, in this book, grit, which you guys should all read if you, if you can. We'll put it in the show notes. I'll put an Amazon link in there so that we can make, try to make, you know, a dollar off this uh, referral. And in grit, she has a formula that um, that is talent times effort equals skill. Skill times mm-hmm. effort equals achievement. I'm going to say that one more time because I think it's really, really important. And I was writing about this today and thinking about this because of talent times effort equals skill. Skill times effort equals achievement or success. And you can, I think you can honestly apply this to anything in life. you know. And I think, one, you need to look at where you're talented mm-hmm. and then where you can apply effort to that talent. And, and, and why you'd want to, why is it meaningful for a kid to apply effort to his talents of, in basketball or math? Or as you like made fun of me earlier, the piano, you know, like I, I think that I think it's um, uh, it's important for kids to understand that their passions and curiosities are usually where they should be putting effort in. And mm-hmm. what parents try to do the opposite, they're like, no, you will do this because I did this. And so now you're kind of taking it out the talent aspect of it or the, um, mm-hmm. the, the creativity, the purpose, the, the curiosity. And to me, that's part of talent. You know, anybody that anywhere you're naturally leaning, like if I wake up and play music every day or draw or I'm artistic, okay, I have a, I, I might be more talented on the creative side, but yet, you know, parents will be like, nope, you're going to be a lawyer. Cause I was, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, man, You know, and I think that's one thing to look for is understanding that the more we teach kids effort, the better they're going to be at their talents and the more skill they're going to make. And I think that in basketball means, okay, you have talent, but now show me your effort. Show me what you're going to do every day. You know, and I've been thinking about, you know, creating, you know, we kind of have like a point system with Huffman basketball. You know, can you get three things a day and can you get three points a day? Uh, can you get to the hundred point club for Huffman Basketball? You know, I mean, you know, I think I'm going to start doing this. Uh, just, just been thinking about it this week, and I'm like, I really admire kids that put in the effort, and I admire, I admire people that put in the effort.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think celebrating that and gamifying it and making it part of Huffman Basketball is something I'm going to start doing. So if you get a hundred points, you get a you get a T-shirt. You get to 200 points, you know, you 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 get a, a signed basketball by Will's Lee. You know, like. Stuff like that, where I think we got to celebrate our wins, our effort more than you know the talent. Because I think I think uh, she said that effort builds skill. At the same time, effort makes skill productive. Um, mm-hmm. And I think effort, she said, counts twice as much as talent. So yeah, talent matters, but it doesn't matter as much as effort. Effort counts twice as much. So. Mm-hmm. I mean she's a doctor and you know leading researcher in the in the world of uh you know psychology and and she wrote a book Grit, which is great but you know maybe she's wrong maybe you guys can tell me a better way to achieve you have a better way wills
1: No I, I I like I I want to read that book actually cuz when you keep on explaining it but um there was something that you stated in there about showing love to kids or acknowledging them when they're doing a good, a good job. Yeah. Because, because I feel like, like you said that like we talked about last week about, I said that these parents sign their nine-year-old kid up to go to Las Vegas and go play in these AU tournaments and they're more locked in than their kids are. So it's like, it's almost like they're living their old life through them in all reality, you're actually holding your kid back, and that's going to turn out into his leadership style, because he he doesn't her or him don't know how to stand on their own two feet, mm-hmm. and so I think as a parent, if you make your have your kids enjoy what they love to do, and they're enthusiastic about it, and they look forward to it, then it's not forced that leadership will come more natural.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think two kids have to understand as they get older, um, just like any, anything society conditions us to, to want to look the same, be the same, act the same, dress the same. Uh, And so kids are, are, that's like their first real comfort, you know, confrontation with, with that experience of like okay um, if i speak out first i'm not going to be the cool kid i'm going to be the i'm going to be the kid that that cares you know i think Mm -hmm. and i think it's important that parents have that conversation with kids and say hey listen it's okay to care you are putting especially especially if you're putting in the work (laughs) like it's so counterintuitive it's like it's like the most hypocritical thing the cool kids want to look like they don't care but they actually are trying to look like they're cool Because because they want to win or they, you know, they want to, they want to look the part of being successful. And it's like, no, 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 no. You guys, you, you 16 year old little, little tykes, you just want to shake them. You just want to shake them up. And that's what I love about coaching the middle schoolers is like middle school kids, you know, are the best. They're like, you know, they listen. And I think that's like the first rule of being a leader is listen, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think um, that's one thing I've always tried to do. Uh, is listen, and I think that's part of my like internal culture. I listen and I learn because you're if you're talking all the time, then you're never going to be learning. So it's more about picking the opportunities to speak up when you feel like there's an opportunity for you to ask a question, to learn more. And I think that is my leadership style. And I think parents can pass that on and and kind of break it down for them in that in that way. Um, the Boy Scouts always said, be prepared. You know, that was like their model, you know, and I think be prepared, be prepared to ask questions, be prepared to listen, be prepared to do the work. You know, and I think I think the kids that have, have put in the work uh, with virtual basketball with HB and uh, hopefully more to come. I I think they're they're doing a really good job of listening. You know, they listen to us. They ask, uh, you know, for the most part, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to make them ask questions or like get them to ask questions and not be afraid of like, who's listening or watching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I think it's important that they have role models there. Uh, you know, a guy like cool. RJ like Taylor, who's at Grand Blank. he's a sophomore. He's he's, he's 16 years old, but you know what mm-hmm. RJ does? He texts me every day. Hey, Hey uh, coach, will you look at this tape? Will you look at this film? They're ice in the ball screen. I mean, this kid has like an insatiable thirst to keep learning and then I have a middle schooler that wants to play on varsity as a freshman and they're afraid to ask me something. So it's like, hey, listen, guys, this, this is what he's doing. He's one year older than you. It's just about learning. That's it. I've well, learning.
1: Ex- exactly. And I think we, like we mentioned earlier about making those small gains to be able to b- become a better leader. And that's a great way for our kids to do is for us not to beg them to ask questions and just to ask a question. I mean, especially if we have elementary school kids all the way to college and pro kids. I mean, I've got a lot of my buddies that have done our our virtual workouts and some so their skill set might be as good as a middle schooler. Yeah. And the thing that I think is so cool about this, our virtual workouts and leadership is we teach you how to be a good leader, but at a young age, you're learning all these skills that you and I have learned over the years. I mean, you imagine if you had that knowledge that you and I have at a young age.
0: Oh man, I'd be, I'd be so much better. I had great coaches too, but it's, yes. you know, it, we are, we are where we are because of who we put in front of, you know, who we put in front of us to teach us. You know, and I think that unfortunately is one part of the basketball equation. You know, my dad, he played at Michigan State. My uncle played at Michigan State. I was put around basketball people from an early age that thought about the game differently, that thought about training. My dad took me down to the Pistons. My dad took flew me out to Texas to train with my uncle Jamie, who I think was like he was like, he was like a shaman. He was like a basketball shaman. He would just throw the mm-hmm. basketballs out, Wills, and be like, Go pick them up, <laughs> you know, like I, I and, love that. Dribble, dribble them back to me with both hands, and I'd be like, "What is happening? Like two ball dribbling? What are you talking about, yeah, Jamie? you're your crazy." Was blown. I was blown. I was mind blown. I was like, "No way, man! You don't dribble two basketballs."
1: That, that's great. But, so I've got, yeah. I've got a question for you, real quick, just kind of just stemming off of leadership, because, I mean. As as we know that you played it, you had an MBA jersey, but then you played overseas, yeah. And so going into another country, you're playing with kids that are teammates that don't speak your language, and you might have two other United two two guys from the United States. How did your role as a leader had have to change over there? Because that's a whole different situation than and I haven't yeah. even experienced
0: that. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good question, Will's. Uh, thanks. Thanks for asking that. You got me there. You you really surprised me once again with your your young your young tutelage. Um, <laughs> you're like a philosopher in a 19 year old's body. I think you know you got an old soul. Um, I do. I've been great. told that. You're going fishing later. I mean, only a only a man that fishes at 19. Has, you, what do you ponder out there? Questions like this. That's what you ponder. This question.
1: exactly. So yeah, basketball is always <laughs> going in my
0: mind. <laughs> All right. So. I think I, I think there's two parts to to this question. Um, adapting to change. Okay, uh, going to Europe. Basketball for me. You know, I come out. Of, I'd come out of Kent State. Uh, I was I was a big big fish in a small pond. Let's say um, I was the all-time leading scorer at Kent State. I was two-time MAC MVP, uh, tournament MVP. I had played in three NCAA tournaments. I had got to the one game to the Final Four. You know, so at this time honestly, confidence could not be higher. Wills, you know, you're, you're at that point, it's kind of the, the pinnacle of your, your physical talents are, yep. uh, you know, now just like they're at its peak because college basketball is a business and they, and they treat that business very, very seriously. You're up at six, you two practices a day, you know, weights, running, conditioning, I ran a 445 mile, Wills. I will never run a 440. I okay. Wow. I will never train myself to run a 445 mile. It would be <laughs> exactly. very hard. Yeah. You know. So you have all these these factors coming in, but and and so you get to Europe and all of a sudden you're 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 forced into a world where there's no there's no physical therapy, there's no weight room, there's no extra shooting. Um you know the facilities suck. You got to wear a, you got to wear a sweatsuit to stay warm in the winter. Uh, you know they expect you to perform and lead the team, and you can't speak the language. You don't have any friends, and and you don't understand how the toilets flush. You know you're like, <laughs> like I can't even flush this toilet. I don't know how to get a cart to go into the grocery store. Um, you know like everything is different. Things aren't open after 4 p.m. Nobody works. They all are. They're just like hanging out at cafes, playing music, and and so you have like this completely new lifestyle. And I think for me, it was just like what just happened. I was shell shocked. I had culture. You were mind blown. I was mind blown, man. It like the mic dropped on my head, and you know those like (laughs) you know those purple commercials where like the head just goes poof, and yeah, exactly, it just goes right out the body. Yeah, just poof. Like my brain just exploded. And like people from the outside have a hard time, you know, they're like, oh, but Europe is so much fun. You would love it. You must have loved it. And and I'm like, no, no, I hated it. I hated it. I was miserable for the first year, two years. And the only thing that kept me there was my passion for basketball and the fact that I had put in so much work and effort that I was willing to embrace like – the difficulties and just like muddle through it. You know, like I was eating, yep. I, my, I was eating a crap sandwich every day. It felt like, and then I would, and then I would play in a game and I would get, I would get, I would lose like my first, my first season. I was like, Oh, Oh, and I was zero and eight as a point guard. Imagine that you go from wow. winning, winning over a hundred games in college, playing out, having so much success, you get into the pros and all of a sudden you're, you're, you are you you have not won a game, you know, and that, you're, you're, you're getting stuff thrown at you. You're, Proud, they're you're, they're they're saying, hey, you're gonna you're gonna lose your money. You're gonna, you're, we're not gonna pay you because you're you're losing. You're like, what is going on? So you know you have to deal with all these 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 changes. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think one thing I focused on was um, just myself. You know, I focused on myself at first. I listened to myself, tried to understand where you know what it was I struggling with. You know, did I ha- did I need friends? So you know what I did? I joined a salsa class. Uh, Wills, really? Uh, I, I, yeah, I started doing stuff that. I think a lot of people wouldn't, I got out of my comfort zone. I joined a salsa class. Next thing you know, I have friends. Now I'm going out on the weekend to a, you know, a salsa club in like Dortmund, Germany. Wie geht's was mag du? You know, I'm learning German. Next thing you know, I'm drinking coffee at the cafe with people, you know, and, and, and slowly but surely I changed. I was able to change and, and kind of assimilate the culture and the people and the coaching style and the style of play the style of play was so different you know over there they just they they work on pick and roll pick and roll pick and roll and you know in the states it was like one-on-one one-on-one one you know like yeah and so there's this beautiful uh transformation you know it's like the chrysalis of the butterfly it's like the, i was just a little caterpillar wells and i came out bada boom bada bing it didn't happen overnight it was like a really <laughs> long it was <laughs> it was really long but it's going to happen to you as well. And all these kids, every athlete is going to go through this. You know, they go to middle school, they go to high school. Boom, shock. You get out of high school, you go to college. Boom, shock. You go to college, you go to the pros. Boom, shock. You go to college, you go to the business world or real world. Yeah. Guess what, guess what man? How do we adapt? How can we How can we embrace change? And that's that's where talent, effort, and skill Yes. You know, if you continually put effort in, and, and kind of get out of your comfort zone every day and do those little things that you need to do, rack up those points, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm I'm getting in there. I'm getting into the, I'm doing the work, you know? And I think that's where mastery happens and and, and you can make progress. That was a super long answer. My bad.
1: No, you're good. And I, I think going off of that, a question that, that I get a lot is athletes that are coming into college or like as a freshman, what should I expect? What, what do I, what do I need to do to be able to, to play. And like I said, I just think that you have to be able to have that mindset of, you know what, I don't care what's going to come my way. I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to have a good attitude about it and enjoy every day. Cause I think a lot of us look so far ahead, but we don't enjoy the day to day stuff. And yeah, there, there's going to be rough days. Like you, you join a salsa class. Like when I come into L in here, besides basketball, like I said, I hunt and I fish all the time. We do things that we don't think that we would never do, but I think that's also the beauty in it too, is you meet different people and you meet other kids and you, all these different situations accumulates into an experience that you can never take back.
0: So, you know what I just realized Wills? Yeah. I had the microphone like two feet away from me. Could you hear me this entire time?
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay good that makes me feel somewhat better that's the that's what you learn when you do a podcast wills is like you just don't you learn through trial and error what what not to do
1: yeah that's what i'm saying no i could hear you clearly just fine
0: hey hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often And use the code hoopheads to get 20% off the future of performance. That's a R Y S E.com with promo code hoop to get 20% off. Let's, um, let's transition a little bit to, um, yep. I want to talk about your thoughts on James Harden. You like oh. him.
1: I, me, me personally, I like the fact that he has changed the game of basketball in a little bit, but on the other hand, I think he's, he hasn't ruined it, but all these young kids, they want to do a step back and they want to pull up from deep and I just, and he, and he doesn't play a lot of defense. So I think that, that he shows kids like, what a great offensive player could be, but to me personally, I don't think he's a, a winner. I yeah. mean, he, like, like, he went to the Brooklyn Nets. He, when he was, when he was at the Rockets, he had all the pieces that he needed to get there and he had the Warriors game six and seven at his place. They needed to win one game and it just, it didn't happen for him. So yeah. I think, I think he's a great basketball player, but I don't think, he is a great example for kids to watch.
0: You think he should be considered an MVP candidate? I mean, the 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 Brooklyn Nets are second in the East. Uh, KD's been out; they're winning. Uh, I mean, his stats are outrageous. I mean, he's you know basically averaging a triple double. Uh, yep. I mean, how do you how can you say like he's he, he you know he he he's winning during the regular season? Do you think? I mean the MVP candidate to me is always based on the regular season. You know, it's never like we're not talking about like who who is a winner. We're talking about who's an MVP candidate. Yep,
1: yep. No, there's I I Yes, there's there's a big difference there. I think he is an MVP candidate. I didn't know he was averaging a triple double.
0: And well, I didn't know I'll tell, you, was- I'll tell you what he's averaging. He's he's he he's he's, he's, he's doing work. I mean Let's let's take a look at his stats here. I'm going to bring him up. He's he's averaging twenty over the last seven days. He's averaging thirty, ten, and eleven. Uh, you know, for the season, he's averaging twenty-five, eight, and eleven. One steal, one block. I mean, he does turn it over at a high clip, which we all know, which is why he doesn't typically win in the playoffs because he does too much and he does. You know, he tries to play one on one, and the defenses collapse on him, and you can't take seventeen dribbles uh, every offense. You know, but I think. I think for me, he he should be considered an MVP candidate just because he's 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 at least helped Brooklyn Nets get to the top of the East, Um, and and he's part. I think what we're kind of differentiating here is James Harden as a leader and like somebody that um, to me he's more of a playmaker. Yeah, he's he's a great passer, and I think on a team like with KD, you know, and I think that's why they were so successful at Oklahoma. You know, he, he he's like a great guy to have on your team if he's not the leader, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. I think KD, he's the adult in that locker room, so I think he's going to have a huge influence on on Harden and also probably why they're winning, you know, is because KD's there to kind of stabilize, uh, you know, Kyrie, who, you know, sometimes I don't quite understand, uh, you know, he just seems like he falls off the deep end once in a while, but he's one of the most yep. talented players in the world. James Harden's one of the most talented players in the world. There's no, you cannot argue against that, but when it comes to winning, you know, now, now you got to really look at like when when push comes to shove, what, you know, are you playing defense? Are you talking? Are you communicating? Are you un, are you unselfish? Are you making players better in the in the most crucial moments of the game? And I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if James Harden can do that. I mean, he's got to prove that, but he is proving that he's an MVP candidate to me.
1: Yes. I, I, I agree with you that over the regular season. Yes. I mean, he is one of the best players. Yeah. I I mean, in, in the NBA, I mean, and I mean, I, I watched him the, the other day and it's just amazing. He He's not the most physically gifted, but what he's able to do with his body is just, is just amazing to me. Yeah, how he
0: moves. Yeah, and I, 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 you know what I would like, you know, like w- when you talk to players, I, I know this when I was coaching overseas last year. You know, you have guys that are great locker room guys, and then you have guys that are not great locker room players. And I think it's, you know, I think that's one thing, like uh, enthusiasm. You know, like I, I never really s- see enthusiasm out of him, um, and yep. I think. I think leaders naturally have enthusiasm and positive mindsets and and they, they continue to, they continue to be hungry, you know, even when things are going bad. And I think that's one of your, your, your strong suits, you know, every time we do a workout, you're always enthusiastic, you know, and that's like a powerful engine to me. Like if you can be enthusiastic, even when you don't feel like it, you know, that is grit, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. the best, the best athletes in the world, um, continue to be positive and enthusiastic, even when things are going bad, even when they're losing, even when things aren't going their way, they just keep putting in the effort. And I know for me, how do you, how do you stay enthusiastic? You know, even as you know, you're in college, you're, you're just grinding, you got study hall, you got tests, you got all these, all these, you know, things, how do you, how do you stay uh, enthusiastic?
1: Yeah, no, I, that's a great question. Um, I would say that just the biggest thing is I try to be present in the moment in whatever I'm doing. And, like, for, for example, like I say I've got a test and I've got two workouts and then I've got to go do the, the Huffman basketball thing. These kids are showing up to learn. And if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to give it my all. And me with my personality, I'm just, I'm a big personality. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm loud, but my voice travels. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I just think just me being able to be present in the moment and giving my best self in every situation that I can. And so with that, that's just me being energetic all the time, being locked into whatever I'm doing and being there present a hundred percent. So, I mean, that's that's what I would say. And kind of bouncing off off of that a little bit, I mean, you, you're 41 years old now. You've got a couple of businesses. You've got Swish House, but you still take the time to help these kids out in any way possible and, and keep on trying to find ways to do that. How, how does that? keep, what's your motivation to keep you going behind that? Because some of these kids, I feel like they're like, well, I don't want to get up today or I don't feel like doing this workout. What drive and what motivates you to keep on doing that?
0: Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, I was thinking about, you know, the, that out, that formula, you know, of, of effort, Times talent equals skill, and and when I go back, and I think about not being the smartest kid, uh, not really doing well on my ACT, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I got that seven still, (laughs) but I knew that uh, I I knew that I had talent, and I had a I had a a passion for basketball at a young age, Um, yeah, and so I really just focused in on that. I think my dad, you know, I had my dad on the podcast, uh, which was fun, you know, he he really, he really kind of brought up my, my effort, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I remember we, when, when I was a kid, we would, you know, we, we, I, we slept, I'm going to be on, we slept in a garage because my dad was working hard at his business. He get, mm-hmm. he slept on the a cement floor with a comforter and I slept on a bed and he, and, and he'd say, all right, we're getting up in the morning and I'm going to rebound for you or you're going to go get a job. He's like, "What do you want to wow. do?" And I would say, "Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> thanks, Dad. I'll take, I'll take you rebounding for me, you know." And I think, you know, that was like a real big lesson in um, sacrifice and uh, knowing that, you know, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take my my talent and I'm gonna put work into it. And that, and that equation, and it's gonna create skill. And the the yeah. more I do that with marketing, with business strategy, with real estate, with investing. Um, with my nutrition, all those little small choices, like you said, they add up and being present and knowing that sometimes it's going to, it's going to taste like a crap sandwich. You know, it's going to taste, it's mm-hmm. not going to taste so good, but, but then when you play and when you get the chance to, to create a, a business or a, a career or a basketball season, um, you, you know, that's, that's the payoff, you know, the payoff is, is getting, having achievement, you know, and that's the last part of the equation, achievement, success. Uh, that, that to me is, um, you know, the price you pay. And, and I think when I was a kid, I was just hungry, you know? And if you look at people, Larry King to, to Kobe to MJ, they were just hungry, man. And I think you were hungry as a kid, you were hungry because you'd show up and do the stuff. And and and, mm-hmm. in, and do stuff that nobody probably would would do, and you know I think that's really important. When you're hungry, you eat. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it, I think about this, like when I was a kid, I was hungry. You know, I I couldn't wait to play the kid, the seniors in high school when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I was so hungry to play them and one on one. I, you know, that was instilled in into me by my dad, by my coaches, by my older brother Jeremy. It was like that hunger to beat them to the drive to practice and and get in my driveway when shovel the snow. I remember when you, you know, you were, you were dribbling doing the Huffman workout in the snow. I was like, man, Wills is like you're cut from the same cloth. You're hungry. And I think that's unique um, unique for kids to, 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 uh, to understand if they can understand it. And I think it's unique for parents that didn't play basketball or didn't have college careers or didn't play in the pros that that effort, and that unique hunger is, it's, um, it's scalable, you know, it's scalable yeah. in anything. And, uh, it, and I think that's the, the most important lesson to take away from this. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah, yeah no, um, I, I'm going to put you on the spot again. So I like, thank you. Like this. you I,
0: that's why you're on the podcast and that's why we're doing this. Cause you, you put me on the spot.
1: Exactly. Um, So I, I get this question a lot of kids want to know, like what a, like a day in my life is like, they like to model themselves over the, like they think that they have to do exactly like what LeBron James does or something. But I think these kids, they, they look to us and they can relate to us and a lot because you played at high level. Mm -hmm. I played at everything besides the pros. I, I get a lot of, of questions like what what is your daily routine and stuff like that so like when you were in college what was like your daily routine like what 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 was the the things that you did to elevate your game to, 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 to be the 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 number one scorer at Kent State and stuff like that because I think these kids lo- love to hear that question so they can not model their day after, but help give yeah. them an inspiration and give them ideas.
0: Yeah. I think, well, uh, I, I think I was raised to believe in the two and my dad said, it's called, you know, in, in sports world, it's called two a days, you know? And I think yep. that two a days is really just, I think we can, we can drive down even further and say, well, two days, why not five a days? You know, like, let me, let me do five things every day. And I'm a five, I can become and, and, and practice and, and be a five-star player. Cause that's what we all want to be. We all want to be a five-star yeah. player. We want five-star skills. We want, you know, we want, we want to be able to do what the best people can do. So let's emulate the best practice. And I think for me, the best practice was, um, you know, getting to work out in the morning. Um, I, what I did in college was I had a dribble workout that I would do. And I think a lot of people still come up to me today and and they tell me about like, Hey, we used to just come watch you warm up before games. I was like, Oh really? Like, yeah, you were, you were always the, you were out there, the first player on the court before a game. Like, I don't know, like, I think I'd probably get up on the court an hour, hour and a half before the game. You know, typically guys come out when they have to 45, you know, in college, you're, you know, your pre game is kind of like 40, 45 minutes to an hour. I think I would get out there, you know, hour, hour and a half before, and I would just start doing my, my dribble workout, man. And my dribble workout back then is nothing compared to what it is now. Like, not, yeah. not no, like, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I didn't even think about footwork. I didn't even think about, you know, like creating different patterns that, that stacked on top of each other, you know, one, two step step backs, lateral steps, lateral exchanges, uh, skips, you know, all these different things. I had, I, I literally just would dribble two basketballs, just like I'd learned. And I think at that time, that's all I knew. You know, that's, I learned as much as I could. That's as far as basketball training had gone was two basketballs, um, you know, dribbling explosively with intensity. And so I would do these two ball workouts before every game. Go back and forth, sideline to sideline, dribbling two basketballs, in and out, in and through the legs, crossover. And just like your, your, uh, you know, that last video we put up on Huffman basketball, it's the same, you know, it's the same. And, and I, and now I look at that and say, okay, now how can we, how can we add more value to, to a dribble workout? How can we add more value to this, this uh, little routine that I'm building? And, and I think that's one, you know, having a good routine when you get on a court is so, so important. You know, I think that your routine, your routine is everything, how you practice is everything. And I think, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then on top of that is how much do you do it? The better players find ways to do it two to three times a day at minimum with the basketball, actually getting better shooting, playing, playing one-on-one was a huge thing. I would always play one-on-one. So I think, you know, having that combination of, of skill work, you know, and skill work for a guard is dribbling footwork, uh, tons of reps of just. Of doing it over and over in the in the right way in a fundamental way, and then taking mm-hmm. that and now going to play and play one on one, play two on two, play three on three, play yeah. play with one dribble, play with two dribbles, play where you can't score in the lane, play on closeouts, uh, you know, play off down screens. You, you, there's just so many different things you can do now um, that I didn't even think about as a player. So I think you know, uh, just that frequency of effort and uh, practice were huge for me. And people still come up to me and are like, man, that you're crazy, man. Like that's, <laughs> you, you know, that's stuff you used to do. And I'm like, yeah, that was just normal for me. Wills. That yeah, was, was just, a, it was it just was regular of my life. Yeah. Regular life. So I, I hope that like the biggest thing I can impart to kids is like, if you want to, if you have a talent in basketball and your parents that see kids that have a talent for basketball, the next step is now going up you know, doing, doing it consistently and with frequency because talent, you know, is yeah. How fast can we improve a skill? That's, that's talent. You know, the more talented I am, the faster I can improve. Okay. But the effort, like Angela Duckworth said, it, it it matters twice as much. So if I'm, if I'm putting effort into my day twice, three times a day, that's going to exponentially improve my skills. And I think, it's a really simple formula, but a very, very effective formula to think about.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, every example that we have given has related back to that formula.
0: Yeah. Which and I think
1: is really cool and empowering.
0: And It's a math formula, which is weird. It's ironic that I'm using math okay. to break down <laughs> my basketball talent, So, Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, I think and that, yeah. that's... That's really all I have to talk about today. Do you, ha- do you have anything else that you wanted to get, topics you wanted to cover? I mean, we kind of talked about leadership, talent, effort, skill times effort. Uh, we talked about getting out of your comfort zone, leadership, James Harden. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on?
1: Um, there's... there's... I was asked this question the other day and I I think it's kind of relevant to, to what we're talking about, about if you were to go back to your middle school self and give one piece of advice that you've learned to this day, what would you tell that middle school person of yourself? If that makes sense.
0: Oh, that makes complete sense. That complete sense. Um, I would tell myself to commit to your mistakes and be, be, be okay with your mistakes and your bloopers and your awkward moments um, as you grow in whatever field it is. You know, I've had some, definitely had some awkward moments in the business world, in the startup world. And I, and I know that I will have more, just like I did when I moved to Germany. Um, and I think that's where, if you trust that you commit to those mistakes and that's part of the process, you, you build this intense confidence that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm never, I'm never going to do it perfectly. Uh, even if I try, which is you can try and I'm not saying you can't try to do a perfect drill or perfect work. That, that's the whole point is that you strive, mm-hmm. you strive to, to do it the right way and, and, and do it the best possible way you can every time, but it doesn't always matter what happens um, because you're going to respond better the next time. You're going to respond powerfully the next time you're going to respond with courage the next time. And I think as a kid, I used to get really hung up on my mistakes. You know, I took, I took everything so heavy, you know, so serious. And I think that was part of, you know, just growing up with my dad who was super intense. You know, he's, he's like Bob Knight sometimes, you know, he's like, Whoa, bro. Like chill, man. that's, I would tell myself back then, like, Hey, enjoy this mistake, enjoy and learn from it. And, you know, take comfort in the, in the fact that like Kobe Bryant to, to Larry King, like I heard this story, Larry King fell asleep in an interview on, on microphone was like snoring. Like, imagine that you, like, he's the best interviewer of all time. And he just he fell asleep, fell asleep. At, <laughs> fell asleep at the mic. Like, and you know, like you have to, you have to commit to, to being okay with those mistakes and growing from them. And I think that was one thing I would tell my younger self. What would you tell your younger self?
1: I would, I would say the biggest thing is to enjoy the moment and to not look forward because I think that I just, I planned ahead so much and I worked so hard every day diligently, which is how I got to this point. But I just felt like I missed out on so much other things and I didn't enjoy the everyday process because I mean, I I think with COVID right now, the game's getting taken away from a lot of people. Seasons are getting cut short, stuff like that. And so, I mean, just I look back at myself and I just say, enjoy every practice and every workout and every rep that you used to have. Because I mean, as a player, you always say, Oh, I can't wait for this practice to be done or, Mm-hmm. Or or I can't wait for the season to be done, but then you look back at it and you're like, wow, I what I would do just to have that extra half an hour. So I would just say that just me enjoying the process and enjoying that enjoying me accomplishing that goal. Because once I accomplish a goal, I would go right to the next one. I wouldn't sit there and internalize it. So mm-hmm. I think that would that would be the number one thing I would tell myself is just to enjoy what you have
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, here's a good quote for you that kind of, I think staying in the, you know, kind of staying in the moment, that's, it's kind of like a Zen meditation psychology yeah. type, you know, performance, optimal performance. Like how do I stay uh, focused and in the moment so that my thoughts and worries and stress uh, doesn't lead to an inability to perform tasks, you know, that you're faced with in basketball, you're faced with tasks, there's pressure, there's people watching. Um, and I think like you're saying, learning how to control your mind is just as important as learning how to show up for a basketball workout and let go right. of whatever's happening in that day. Whether it was a bad test, your girlfriend broke up, your boyfriend broke Like, you know, life is happening for guess what? uh i just listened to a podcast with the goat um tom brady and it was yep. so it was such a good podcast if you guys get a chance to listen to this uh, i'll put this in in the in the show notes the armchair expert with dax uh he interviews tom brady and tom brady talks about his rise to to being you know arguably the greatest of all time i mean he is yeah. right he's the greatest of, of all time in football yeah, i don't think there's ain't, ain't no arguing it and and he and he kind of talked about like he didn't start on his ninth grade football team he was late he didn't even start playing football till you know middle school so he was way behind all these kids but he had an insatiable hunger to get better and um and he's just like yeah i would i would look at everything everything i did from nutrition to to weightlifting to pliability to tissue manipulation like everything that he's done he's like i I don't do I, i don't do anything that that make, you know, it's that I'll have to step back, take a step backwards. So like, if you constantly, if you eat bad, then you're taking a step back. If you don't work out, you're taking a step back. And he's like, on all those little choices have just added up where I'm, I'm literally no different than any, there's other f- football players with way more talent than me, but yep. I, just from being present and being able to, you know, stay focused and do those little things and, and do the work from nutrition to meditation, to psychology, you know, he, he's, he's able to become one of the greatest of all time. And I think it just goes to show you that, like, you know, he was just like this chubby little middle schooler, (laughs) like he talks about. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just, just, he was just this chubby little kid with, with a a love for football and um, he could throw, he had a talent, but I think taking that talent and, and um, learning how to kind of put out all the stress and worries of being, you know, like a, uh, what's going on, this or that. He, he just really, really can focus. And, um, and, I, and I love that. I love that story because, uh, you know, all those little things add up. It's compounding interest. It's like putting money in the bank. You know, you put that money love in the it. bank, you save, you save, you save. Well, one day you're going to be wealthy. Uh, and that's yeah. a difference. It's difference between rich and there's a difference between being wealthy. Rich people, they make a ton of money, but they also, yes. they spend it as fast as it comes in. And I think wealthy people, they look at all those little things, how, where they save, how where they spend, uh, where they invest, and over time, you know 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you're going to be a wealthy individual. Uh, you're going yeah. to have freedom to choose what you want to do in your life. and I think that's how I approach my life. and I think obviously Tom Brady's on a huge scale, like I mean he's way way, way way <laughs> you know up there. but at the end of the day I don't I mean you know, people that succeed, there's patterns, you know, those patterns are what we got to look at. Like you asked, what did I do? What did I do in college? Like that was just a pattern. I worked out, I did dribble workouts. I did shooting workouts. I played one-on-one. I was always, always competing in, in every drill and every practice and and able to kind of put the the negative stress and worry behind me. So, you know, that stuff adds up. Uh, And then you can, you can, you can perform under pressure uh, because, you've been doing it from day one. So, yeah, that's, um, that's a good question, man.
1: I know. I just keep on, I keep on having all these questions. They just, they're just popping up there. I guess I'm just keeping you, keeping you on your toes. You
0: might be the next Larry King if you're not careful, bro.
1: Hey, we're going to see what happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Wills, what do people out there, uh, you know, a lot of uh, all, all the, the, 37 listeners out there, uh, Wills, uh, you know, I met Wills on Torch Lake and we started, he asked if it could work out. I mean, that's how we met next thing, you know, you know, Wills is in the Huffman basketball workouts. He's helping give feedback, coaching feedback to the kids. It all started because you were willing to talk.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really amazing. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could have, I could have, it could have gone two ways where, you know what? I met your mom first and she was talking about you for a little bit
0: and she that's said, what she does. That's what, yep, that's exactly. what moms do.
1: And so, and I, and I had, and I was a little uncomfortable and it was a little awkward situation, but I mean, look at what it turns into. And that's the cool thing about life is you never know what situation is going to transpire into something amazing like this friendship and this relationship that we've built. You know, so that's
0: what's fun about basketball. You know, I told yes. my I told my younger brother this when he was. You know, he's um, he's one of the top three on three players in the world. He won a gold medal in the World Cup three on three. Plays professionally. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars playing three on three basketball. He also played in Europe. But if you were to look at my brother, I think, objectively speaking, uh, I was more athletic. I probably had a little bit more. Athletic talent, you know, I could punk, yep. I could, I, I was faster than him, but he, his dream was always to play division one college basketball, just like his older brother. And I think one of the things I always tried to impart to him was, you know, just, you, you have, you have to have your daily routine figured out, man. Don't tell me you want to play college basketball and then show me your workout tomorrow, your daily routine. And and I see one thing and it's, and it's probably not that intense and it's probably not that competitive, you know? And I think that's the first place parents can come to is like, guess what guys, AAU basketball is not that competitive most of the time you're playing seven games a day, 20 games a week. You know, there's no actual help side defense. Now there's good teams out there. There's good coaches out there. I'm sure you know, like you, you, when you play five on five, how many reps do you actually get of shooting I mean, of work I mean, of, of improvement? Not enough, not, not, many. not enough. And I think that's what I tried to tell my brother. I'm like, D2, this is what you're doing is not enough. You know? And I'm, I'm, I'm the first person to say, you know, give my feed, you know, give that feedback to my brother, which was hard because, you know, I'm so close to him at, and he, you know, not, he didn't want to hear that. He, you know, what he was doing wasn't enough but it wasn't enough relative to his goals and his vision and his dream. I think that's kind of a big part of it. Like what, what's the vision for what, what vision does your kid have? You know, what vision do you have? Wills. Uh, and, and I think really writing out that vision and, and then, and then figuring out the the right blueprint to get to that vision. And I think that that's huge. And if that's, that's probably what I would like to end on is just getting parents to think about helping their kids Create their own vision and their own their own homework in a way like exactly. You know we give kids dribble workouts and it's homework for them to work on i you know if you're, if you're not getting this homework done guess what don't expect well ch- yeah. don't expect high levels of achievement like if like my math like i <laughs> you know like i did uh, <laughs> uh, if i was i didn't want to show up to math class i really didn't um
1: well, exactly. And, and I think going off of that, if the parents, when they want to do their homework, if there's anything that we can do to help them at all, or if they have any questions, they're more more than welcome to email us, direct mm-hmm. message us, because we're here to help you guys in any way possible. And if you don't know how to further your kid's basketball career, if that's what it is, like you said the other day or last podcast to be a pianist Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like we're here to help you in any way possible
0: yeah yeah and i think basketball is a a, is something that i've found um you know it's been a life mastery you know type of thing you never you never ever stop improving or learning the game the, the older I get, even now, you know, as a, as a coach and a trainer, it, I'm still, I'm still looking at videos and learning how to improve and how to, how to share that with players and parents and, and coaches and programs. I mean, I have people inviting me to to work out their programs and I'm like, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's awesome. You know, it, it is awesome to be a trainer and, and help people. But at the same time, the only goal that I have is to really instill their, their own, you know, their own effort into their own life and, and really just be like, I, I got this, you know, I'm going to trust. This is where confidence comes from is this intense trust that I'm going to work through this process and these mistakes and get better. And, and one day, you know, a couple of years from now, your eighth grade kid's going to look back and say, Whoa, what, well, how did I do that? And I don't even exactly. know, you know, and I think that's, that's the magic of it. The magic of it is like, How man, I look back. And all of a sudden I hit that shot or I made that big play. Uh, I you know, became a leader. And I think all those little choices from now until then, that's the journey. And, and that's the, that's the fun part, you know, but yeah, we didn't get any questions from, uh, from all our HB listeners, our thrive podcast listeners. So guys, please, Fire any questions at us. You guys can always reach um me at Trevorhuffman.com. Wills. What's your what how do they find you? Are you on Instagram? I know Wills. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. And my it's just it's just type in Wills Lee. Wills
0: Lee. And yeah. w-i-l-l-s-s
1: Yep. L-E-E. Yep. And yeah. So I'm we're here to help you guys at all. Um I know we, we ramble a lot, but we truly do care about the game of basketball, but we care more about you as human beings and helping you in whatever way we can.
0: So. Exactly. And I, um, a couple, we'll just, you know, have one last reminder. So the, the, uh, you guys can find all the free workouts on trevoruffman.com. It says free on the top of my site if you click on that, there's a calendar there that you can, you can basically see what, what day uh, we usually do them on the weekend, what day and time each weekend, the free workouts are there. If you want to do join in on a YouTube workout, you won't be able to, we won't coach you, you, but you can just follow along with the workout. And then uh, obviously our, our mem, you know, our membership base is, is, is growing. We have great kids and, uh, you know, kids that are in season and I'm getting a ton of awesome feedback from them and the parents and the coaches. And so there's just a lot of gratitude there for me to see, you know, that journey and, and that, that achievement start to happen for, for our kids that are playing, being able to play. And, um, and then, you know, you can always check the calendar there. There's, there's drop-ins, I think 999 for a drop-in. You can, you can do find that on the site and yeah, we we'll just look forward to to meeting you if you're out there, uh, if you're a stranger or you're a friend. Um, look forward to to working with you guys and get get getting, getting the getting our methods to you. So awesome podcast, man! Wells, once again, you've you've dumbfounded me. You've amazed me. Your enthusiasm is infectious. Uh, I hope yeah, you have a good I, uh, enjoy your fishing excursion today think of more yeah i will questions. i
1: appreciate it oh trust me i will definitely be coming up with a lot more questions
0: so <laughs> always but, yeah. wills lee the one the only you know my well, dad used, my dad used to say he used to say my name and then he'd be like the man the myth the legend he'd be like trevor the man the myth the legend and i think it's got a good ring to it it's got a great ring to it so if you if you tell your, you plant that seed with your kids, Wills, you're the man, the myth, the legend, you're going to make it happen. You are going to be the one.
1: Hey, Amen to that.
0: (laughs) I love it, man. Well, thanks everybody out there. Uh, subscribe, find us on, uh, YouTube, uh, Trevor Huffman on Instagram, Huffman, virtual basketball workouts, camps. We have it all for you. Um, please reach out to us. We look forward to helping in any way possible and we'll see you next time.